Hello and welcome to episode 156 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and God podcast. As you well know by now, we're still being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight it's the 2021 Travel Year in Review. Thanks for listening. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. I finished up the travel year with two remaining air flights, one into Nashville, the other one out of Memphis, Tennessee, and then followed that up with a in and out turn and burn into Reagan National. Both destinations were for the most part uneventful. When it came to Memphis, I spent one night in Clarksdale, Mississippi, which is a very small, very friendly Mississippi Delta town. The only major hotel there is a three-story Hampton Inn. And just down the road from there is Rest Haven, my normal breakfast stop. But due to time constraints on this trip, I went with the very best that the Hampton Inn could offer. But when it came to the Rest Haven, it did make episode 19 off the Eaton Path, Mississippi. And at the time, this was my thoughts on the place. This is the kind of place where you fill your own coffee cup when it's empty and the creamer is passed from table to table. I have eaten here at least a dozen times over the years, and the food is consistently good. My breakfast, my normal order is a very simple omelet, ham and cheese, hash browns and toast slathered in real butter which means lots of butter fat and lots of salt. I don't visit enough to know the regulars, but I'm willing to bet that it is a very tight-knit group. And if one of them doesn't show up for a day or two, more than likely they send out a search party. Rest Haven is owned by a Lebanese family, and the rumor is that their cabbage rolls and stuffed kibbe are out of this world. But even with my third grade stomach, it's just not equipped to order those kind of items for breakfast, but Rest Haven is as small town Americana as it gets. Well, here's the kicker. Rest Haven went or possibly is about to go big time as they will be featured on an upcoming episode of Chef Robert Irvine's Restaurant Impossible. And the town folks, and that's a Mississippian term, said that the front part of the restaurant got the makeover, but no one really commented on any of the changes made to the menu as Chef Irvine is known to do. And this is my first flight out of Memphis since 2018. And how do I know that? Because I've gone back to using Swarm to check in my travels. And actually that was my 5,000th entry into Swarm. But the airport in Memphis is the same, nothing new. The only visible update in the Memphis airport in the past 20 years that I can actually see is that the rental facility is now on the airport's property. And then my final trip of the year was in and out of Reagan National. This was mid-month, probably been 10 years since my last flight there. And at the time I was Delta Platinum and I managed to snag an upgrade to first class, which I promptly gave to the entrepreneur who at the time I think was 19, 18 or 19. And there is nothing better than seeing the smile on a young boy's face when he realizes he gets to sit in a wider seat and an endless supply of snacks and sodas. But one thing I did do differently on the Reagan trip was I opted for a taxi, not an Uber or not a Lyft for leaving and returning to the airport. And two reasons. First, the rideshare area at Reagan National is tough to find. And second, it was cheaper. 
yes, cheaper. Even with the ex extra passenger load and all the luggage, the taxi was still cheaper than rideshare. And I'm not a fan of taxis. Uber is my preference. Lyft is my second go-to. I'm still looking for that perfect five-star rating as a passenger. But nevertheless, both taxis were clean and the payment method was almost as easy as Uber. If you spend any time listening to the podcast, you know that I am a numbers nerd. And one of my favorite ways to end each year, it was with all those silly year-end review stats. So when it came to the podcast, my followers were up 23% over the numbers in 2020. So if you break that down, it means that if I had 10 followers last year, I now have somewhere right around 12. The hours posted were up a whopping 1%, more than likely due to the decreasing the episodes from weekly to semi-weekly. My listenership increased 63%. So I don't know how that equates to my followers being up only 23%. Maybe it has to do with actual subscribers. Five people, believe it or not, listen to travel stories more than any other podcast. So take that, Joe Rogan. 33% of people listen to travel stories between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. So possibly I should consider changing the name from travel stories to sleep stories. And I actually posted 746 minutes of content during 2021. When it came to beer, I use Untappd to track all of my beer or hop libations. My top beer for 2021, and this was a surprise, was Gingerbread Murder Scene by Pontoon Brewing. My money was on a solid Sweetwater 420 IPA, which is something that we always seem to have in the house, but somehow 2021 Gingerbread Murder Scene stuck in there. After that, it was pretty commonplace. Voodoo Ranger, their new Captain Dynamite IPA, Bentwater Brewing gave me some sluice juice. Dewclaw Brewing gave me probably one of the greatest names uh, beers ever known, Sweet Baby Jesus. And then following the list up with a Juicifer IPA by Voodoo Ranger. I really like all the stuff that New Belgium puts out, especially in their Voodoo series. Also during 2021, who knew that there were 225 different styles of beer? Well, I tried 39 out of the 225. The top choices being IPAs, stout, and then sours, which is surprising because I'm not a huge fan of sours. I drank from 62 different breweries at 26 different locations, and I also earned 125 new badges from Untapped. When it came to travel numbers, and we all track that, never let a road warrior tell you that they do not track their travel numbers because we all do it. In 2020, the year of the pandemic, or when the year of the pandemic set in, it was 70 nights in hotels, 18 flights, all business. So in 2020, we did not get on a plane once for pleasure, seven rental cars in 31 different cities and right around 14,000 miles on my car. 2021, the numbers have decreased. 40 nights in hotels, and I think in 30 years in the corporate world, this was probably the lowest number that I can recall. 16 flights, all of them on Southwest, absolutely zero rental cars rented, 15 different cities that I visited, and right around 20 or 21,000 miles on my personal vehicle. When it comes to travel, we talk about travel loyalty, as anybody well knows, Southwest is my airline of choice. It has been for the last five and a half years. There's no upgrades. Their fleet consists mostly of the 737 series. 
it's a no frills airline, but without all the add on expenses of charging you for luggage, boarding passes and snacks. For me, there's really only one reason to fly Southwest and that's for their companion program. And the companion program is very simple. A companion flies free when you do. That's it. That's the rules. Now, there are two ways to hit the companion status. During a calendar year, you can take 100 flights or acquire 125,000 points by purchasing Southwest tickets. For me, the way I travel, neither one of those requirements are feasible. So enter some help, the Southwest Chase credit card. They give you double points for Southwest ticket purchases. They bump you a yearly 30 or 40,000 point gift. And so I was able to hit companion pass. I think it was the last three or four years. So for 2020, because I did not travel that much at all that year, Southwest was kind enough to extend the companion pass to everyone until December of 2021 as well as crediting us 25 flights towards the required 100 is a jump start. Well, I'm here to tell you that as of late December, I have 54,000 of the required 125,000 points and 31 of the required 100 flights. No companion pass for 2022 unless Southwest comes into the rescue in the last remaining days of the month. But more than likely, this looks like it will be the end of an era. The other small perk is that Southwest has an A-list and an A-list preferred status. Both levels give you priority boarding, which is of course important on Southwest because there is no assigned seats, but A-list preferred gives you double points and free Wi-Fi. So if you take the double points combined for flying, combine that with the double points from the Southwest credit card, it makes the companion pass actually attainable if you fly on a regular basis and you can hit a list preferred one of two ways, you can take 50 flights in a year or again, 70,000 points. So you heard my travel stats a few minutes ago and I'm nowhere near either one of those numbers again, but enter Southwest again. And they were kind enough to gift me a list preferred status until December 31st of 2022. So thank you Southwest. Um, and we actually around here made the conscious decision we talked about trying to keep, we knew that we were going to have a hard time hitting companion pass probably mid year. And there was some talk about moving over all of our, everything to the Southwest chase card. But in the end, we decided to keep everything on the Hilton card as we tend to spend more time in hotels than we actually do flying. So last year in episode 123, I posted my 2020 travel resolutions. Here's a quick rundown of them at the time. The first one was I resolved to quit using my American Express green card. And the motivation for that was that I was rotating through three different credit cards, the Chase Southwest card that gave me two points for every dollar spent on air travel, which also attributed or contributed to my soon to be ending companion pass. There's the American Express Hilton card that gives me, I think it's 12 or 14 points for every dollar I spend at Hilton Properties. This is a no-brainer. And then there's finally this green card, which gives me, for the most part, nothing. It's one-to-one. Dollar spent gives me a point. And so that was really the motivation to quit using it. I've had that green card for I'm not sure how many years. I give this an 88% complete. The remaining 12% is all on me. 
I still use it once a month or so, and more than likely it's because the card has worked its way to the front of my wallet, and it's just easy to grab for those impulse purchases. I also resolved to convert Friday night travel into long weekends, and the plan was if it was Friday and I'm on the road, stay over another day, maybe two. The big target towns, because I knew typically at the beginning of the year last year, I wasn't going to be doing a lot of flying, so the towns were all drivable. And two towns that I really wanted to spend more time in was Tallahassee as well as Jacksonville, and that did not happen. Not once in 2021 did I make it to, to Tallahassee. And I saw Jacksonville several times, but it was through the windshield of my car as I was going up and down I-95. Another resolution was take a road trip, put a check in the box, as I said, road trip and not road trips. In March of 2020, I flew the CEO into Atlanta to meet me there after a long week. We did a few days in the North Georgia mountains, a couple days in Asheville, headed over to Pigeon Forge, as you must do when you're in that part of the country. And then from there, we went down to the highlands of area of North Carolina before heading back to O-Town. So yes, you can put a check in a box for the road trip. And one of the things that we usually do when we decorate the Christmas tree each year is we see the ornaments that we acquire. We kind of use that to track our travel. I think this year we only added two ornaments. One was from Highlands and then one was from the Smoky Mountain National Park. Another resolution was to use my Southwest Companion Pass at least once before it expired in December. Put a check in the box on this one as it took place a few weeks ago when we both flew into uh, Reagan National. Myself on points and the CEO as my companion. So I think the whole trip cost us a whopping $11 for tax, tag, and title or whatever they call it. And the last resolution was to see snow at least once in 2021. Well, 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 with a mere few days left in the month, this is not a no, but a hell no. But you know what? At least I didn't resolve to drink less, eat better, and drop 30 pounds. So when it comes to travel, what's in store for 2022? You know, face it, travel numbers are down. Airlines are dropping prices in order to, as they say, buy business. Hotels are completely confused as they stopped and probably won't return to daily housekeeping services. Hilton has resolved to their daily property credits instead of free breakfasts at their full service locations. And here's a side note, Hilton, this is not working. I completely skipped breakfast at properties because I have no desire to edit a Hilton receipt over $10. And another side note is that most road warriors are on some sort of a per diem program, and it's easier to line item a $7 receipt from Chick-fil-A than it is to go in and actually edit an expense report. And besides, I understand, I know that you've given us 10 bucks is probably going to still lead to an additional eight or $9 in your pocket because most breakfasts are $18, but I'm here to tell you that it's not working. And the poor rental car companies are completely lost. One is due to supply chain issues, of course. But the other thing is they're somehow managing to issue arrest warrants for unsuspecting customers. Nothing more comforting than that while you're on a trip, but somehow they are managing to do that. My road warrior crystal ball predicts a few things for the 2022 year. Consolidations, it's doubtful you'll see it with the airlines. Too much regulation to pull it off in a 12-month period. Look for it when it comes to the rental car companies. 
for some of them, consolidation may be the only way that they can survive. Hotels, they need to figure out what's really important to the business traveler. So look for survey after survey after survey because they will need our input. Of course, what they do with that input is what's going to determine their direction. When it comes to rideshare, there's a chance, a small chance that they've outlived their appeal to the business customer, maybe not to the rando on a Friday or a Saturday night around O-Town. Like I said, the last two taxi rides I took offered apps for payment. The vehicles were clean, completely different experience than it was four or five years ago. And then finally, the monthly crazy travel roundup will be filled with the anti-vaskers versus the maskers or at least it will be through the first quarter of 2022 with the extended mask mandate. Throw in some travel nudity mixed with some alcohol abuse and a side order of Florida craziness. Give me a week or two to come up with my 2022 travel resolution since 2021 did not land in my favor. Maybe I should consider to drink less, eat better and drop 30 pounds. Well, there you have it. My 2021 travel year in review. Like I said, the next episode will be the December Crazy Travel Roundup and then follow that up with something along the lines of my 2022 travel predictions or travel resolutions. If you want detailed show notes, links, pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. Leave me a message at Anchor. Shoot me an email at travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe. And thanks for listening.